at the 400 metres mark, but not getting away from improving at this stage as they come to the home turn. Sarah Tarley tracking them into the straight. The landing two lengths off them and heaven blessed back at the uh, second last place. 200 metres left to go. Riding pretty confidently on Ocean, but up comes improving on the outside for Richardson. Drives it hard on improving, improving Ocean, Ocean improving. They go down to the line, Ocean battling back, improving maybe, maybe a nose on the outside of Ocean. Sarah Tarley about a length and... And same old story, camped on their heels and they've got about a three length break on Nixie Boy, Disco Lights. Jamaican Dream back along the rails and Cosy Cantan to the outside. Stalled on the outside. Goes to the whip. Elephants in the centre. Same old story back along the rails. Appears to be between those three. Elephants gets another win. Elephants goes a half length in front. Richardson riding for a race to race double. double. And Elephants. Elephants gets up by three quarters of the length. Same old story. Nixie Boy rattled home into third. Skull got a little bit tired in the straight. Jamaican Dream. But Dark Archer in the centre. Strike point is poised to strike as they come around the straight. And Doom is back along its inside. And Frizz Vegas is looking through the gap. Heroism, he's had an easy run in front. He might have a kick as Doom joins in now on the outside. I want to be a Jeep Dark Archer. Doom coming at the outside. Back in the middle is Dark Archer. Doom moves up. Doom. Doom gets a jump. It cut by a long neck. Dark Archer. Photo between strike point and heroism battled on really well. Wiz Vegas was looking for a run in the straight. May have been fractionally unlucky. They want to be a jeep. They finished in a clutter. And now it's a long way back to Ho. Doom in the last 50. Brooke Richardson, Todd Austin. Ah, uh, yes, it's time for the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast. Sorry about the extended intro, but it's not every day your old mate rides a treble. Uh, it's time for tonight's podcast, Maxie Tanks. Uh, good evening. You can tell you've done a bit of time in here at the radio now. You're getting pretty good at this uh, producing side of things, aren't you? Yeah, well, I've got the best in the studio here with me as we go to Brooke Richardson. Well done, mate. Congratulations on a big day at Royal Junda. Cheers, guys. It was pretty exciting, that's for sure. Now, Maxie, you've been getting us with these obscure facts, and you're going to have to go to Brooke first just so I get to collect my mind around what I'm going to produce as mine. Yeah, look, obscure facts this week. We're, we're looking at medicine, medical obscure facts. Now, there's there's thousands of them, and they're all just as interesting as the next. What did you come up with, Brooke? Oh, look, I didn't go with interesting or true facts for this one. But I come across, I guess you could call it a bit of um, a scandal in medicine, and it involves tomato sauce. Ooh. <laughs> but so, apparently, not long after tomato sauce, or if you're American, ketchup was invented, um, a doctor by the name of John Cook Bennett sold it in pill form and has claimed that it cures <laughs> diarrhea, indigestion, jaundice, and a few other things. Um, so if you've got a gut ache, I probably don't recommend drinking it kind of tomato sauce because it actually does none of those things. <laughs> but the good news is um, it goes well with uh, most food choices. Love a steak burger with tomato sauce. <laughs> yeah, I'll go the tomato sauce over the barbecue sauce every day of the week, Maxie. Yeah, look, I'm a big barbecue sauce fan and... I actually found that fact as well, and it was going to be one of mine, Brooke, but I actually went away from it, so I'm glad I did now. Otherwise, I would have been left here with nothing. Um, but what the obscure fact I came up with, as I'm trying to refresh it now, yes, I agree to your cookies. Where are we? While you're searching yeah, for that, I'll Maxie. Yeah, I'll pull it back up. While I'm searching, you're searching for that, Maxie, I was surprised but not shocked at um, how far back in history things like cocaine and heroin and tobacco go, not for the enjoyable factors they're useful these days, but obscure medicines, etc. But one that I um, couldn't actually go past was uh, the sitting in a dead whale to 
cure rheumatoid arthritis. It's random, isn't it? Does it work? Well, I don't know. I don't know if too many people are doing it these days, but... Is there any peer-reviewed articles on it? (laughs) Well, it's just very interesting because it... I don't know how you would find a, a whale to, to begin with. It'd be interesting. What concerns me is who actually thinks of this stuff. Well, no doubt the Japanese probably came up with them. They love slaughtering whales. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, you might have some listeners over there. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for some jockeys in the West. <laughs> So, mine... Bring a while or two, there's a few jockeys as well. <laughs> <laughs> mine is uh, assimilated as uh, a whale, but it's actually around sharks. Now, it was believed for a really long time that sharks don't get cancer. And so, therefore, people that consumed shark cartilage, it was said to help prevent and stop people getting from the disease. Ooh. Now, we do now know that sharks do, in fact, get cancer and many other diseases, but it still hasn't stopped people from taking it and treating it as a cancer prevention, as well as osteoritis. Um, psoriasis and many other conditions. Oh, unfortunately, there's still no proof that this is actually doing anything. Yeah, it's... I have to say with that one, it's really funny because um, oh, we, when we're talking about sports a few podcasts back, and so I mentioned I'd done um, mixed martial arts. Yep. And when I was training there, I actually do have early onset arthritis in my knees. I can only presume from riding racehorses. <laughs> But um, I would suffer quite badly with that. And when I was training, the coach actually got me onto sharp cartilage. And I do have to say that I noticed a difference. Um, I did get a bit of bit less pain while I was taking it. But it actually is hard to get now. I'm not even sure if you can buy it over the counter anymore. Mm. It's, it's, it's a good topic, Maxie. Another one well done. Obviously, uh, a lot of medicines being put under the microscope at the moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, luckily enough, it hasn't had to affect us out here yet. But let's go to Royal Junda. And it was a treble to yourself, Brooke, a treble to David Rewalt, which stole the show. Let's start on race one, improving. Uh, that was your first leg of your treble, the first of David's also. Nose victory over Ocean and Seratali, another one for David Rewald in third. Yeah, this horse has been um, in form. It's a professional place getter. So, yeah, look, it was nice to see the horse step up and get a win. He's a bit of an awkward go and bugger. He fell on his nose out of the barriers, and I was just thinking, here's a repeat. I'm going to end up sore and sorry and run nowhere. But he picked himself back up, and, um, yeah, he, he went, went quite nicely. had a bit of a discussion with Dave afterwards whether um, he's going to pursue the horse any further in its career, or whether he might look at um, passing him on, but he made the most of it and he got the cash. So Dave was happy, and so was I. Early double for yourself, and David came up in race two with Oliphants. Uh, good, strolling, solid win. Uh, three quarters length over same old story, and Nixie Boy in third. Yes, I've been dying to get a win on this horse. Um, uh, the first time I rode him, I was pretty impressed with his run, and I thought that he did have a win in him. He's just a real funny bugger to ride. He looks at looks at everything else except for what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, I think if he was a human, he'd be very steady. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, I was really happy that I finally got a win on him, and so was Dave, and I actually think he could win a couple more. We put the pacifiers on, and I think we had a little um, win with those there. Race three was a snow and Mary Hall Memorial. It was a Class B over 1,400. And can he skate? Uh, bounce back to the winner's circle for Clint Austin and Robbie Farr. Good solid win in the end. Two and a quarter lengths over so impressive for Tony Schofield and Jason Misson. And hot chocolates for Charlie Brown. Scotty Giddos wound up in third maxi. A week too late for you. It was your best bet, yes, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, no, it was... Uh 
This horse has been promising a little bit. We've uh, seen it put together a, a string of really consistent performances since it's uh, entered the Central West and, uh, yeah, obviously repaid um, Clinton now with his uh, second win. Um, and I think it's about six or seven starts out here in the West. Mm. Race four was the Baku Shire Council Junda Cup over the 1,400 metres. And it was the third leg of Brooke Richardson's travel with Doom, a well-timed run, defeating Dark Archer and Strike Point. A little over two and a half lengths covered the top six there, Brooke. But Doom, he loves a bit of distance and he was just too good. Yeah, he thrives off um, the longer races. Um, you know, I think the mile might be a little bit too long for him, but the 1,400 just really seems to suit. It was a bit of a cheeky bugger. We were, we were over racing quite badly for um, most of the race. I would have liked a little more pace on, but we held it together and, and timed it nicely. And when I asked him to sprint, he showed a really nice turn of foot and uh, got there just in time. So, yeah, I'm pretty proud of his horse because, yeah, he's, he's a, a little bit difficult and he has a bit difficult track work too, but we've um, been very persistent and it, it's paid off. And finishing off in the last race, and this is one of the great initiatives by the Junda Race Club, pushing a race out to 1,800 metres at this time of year. It was a benchmark 60, and uh, six to face the starter. I was sitting with uh, well-known bookmaker Richard Turnbull, and he said it best. Surprise selection, this third leg of David Rebold's uh, training treble. He rode this one. Beat Tower Road and Nose and Jerry Zander in third. But surprise selection, probably one of the most improved horses in the West this year, Maxie. Yeah, look, she keeps going from strength to strength. And I think she's another horse that... Uh you know, really appreciates getting out over that distance, but she uh, also showed that uh, she can do it over the 1,200 metres as well. She's uh, been racing really, really well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, she just, she's gritty. She likes to get in and um, have a really good fight and uh, obviously was able to um, outfight Tower Road uh, on this occasion. Anything to watch from Junda? Uh, I think uh, we're, we're probably going to see the likes of um, Doom show that, as Brooke said, 1,400 metres is right up his alley. So maybe look for him in something like a Blackpool Cup, Icesford Cup, those sort of 1,400 metre cups that are still around. Up to Richmond and the feature race on the day was the Laidlaws Supermarket. Benchmark 60 over 1,400 metres. Here's the closing stages with Grant Wiles. In the order of anything stiff and strategic is on the fence in front, but side stiff is there, and an almighty gold Danny Bellard around the outside. They swing the bend for home, and the race is on now for the lucky last. And back on the fence is Snippy's Estegic's had enough. Side tip on the middle, almighty gold onto the big weight of 63 and a half kilos. I can put the glasses away here now, and if you're on the top weight, line up. And almighty gold get away with this by three or four lengths, maybe to the good then of side tip. And McKellar's voice... Then back to night at Ty, Sniffy Strategic. And yeah, Almighty Gold for Damien Finter and Danny Ballard combined there with Almighty Gold winning the race by three and a quarter lengths. It started $3.30 in favourite, defeated Side Trip. Big odds there for Side Trip. Billy Johnson and Jeff Felix and McKellar's voice for the informed Stephen Royce team and Rick McMahon finished in third. But Almighty Gold, Maxie, although it did have the big weight, you cancel that out with D Ballard. And also, if you go back through his form, away from Mount Isa. Uh, and probably down in grade, to be honest. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I think the key to this horse is, is probably probably getting away from Mount Isa. Um, looks to race a lot better when he's uh, on top of the ground a little bit more there. And like you said, he's back down to a benchmark 60 here. He's been racing in 65s and open company for a while now. Great to see Danny Ballard with a treble back to race one. The first leg of that treble came up on his mum's horse, Scarpa, Denise Ballard. Speedy customer uh, took care of the four barrier and uh, was pretty much in front all the way, defeating Dollar Dream 
and lively lass. And Brooke, as we know, um, it's no secret Dan Ballard, a high weight jockey, um, doesn't quite have the rides as he used to, but still has a fantastic strike rate, one of the best in the bush. Oh, yeah, he's a phenomenal rider, and I think they're fantastic people as well. And um, he's definitely got that racing brain. He's a very intelligent person, and, and that shows through his riding as well. And, yeah, this horse here probably, um, I'd have to say, maybe it might appreciate being on top of the ground too. As we look back at its previous form at Mount Isa, it, it might not um, enjoy the sand all too much, but uh, it's nice to see Dan back in the winner's circle uh, more than once during the day. And, a winner for his mum too, so yeah, it's very nice. Double also on the day for Jeff Felix, who's had a great 2021. This uh, was the first leg of his Action Shale, a new one for Billy Johnson. One by short half head over Rocket Head and Magic Town in third. But Action Shale, Maxi third up for Billy, comes uh, to the northwest and gets the chocolates. Yeah, rock solid fit now. Uh, third up, like you said, uh, only beaten. Three lengths last start at Twin Hills by uh, Carino and Craigley Altona. Those horses obviously going pretty well. So uh, getting out to that 1,200 was going to suit and uh, was able to prevail. Over to race three, and it was a second leg of Felix's winning double, this time on Monica Room for Tanya Parry. Bolted in in the end. Three lengths over my boy Sooty, who's ready to win a race. And Nassel Dory for Billy Johnson and Dan Ballard finished in third. But another winner racked up for Tanya Parry. And Jeff Felix as well, one of the good guys in racing, Brooke. Yeah, he's one of the to see around. I don't think you ever see him frowning. He's always smiling and easy to get along with. And uh, it's nice to see him and Tanya Parry come together and... Uh, get a winner. Tanya Parry also trained a double on the day in race four. Uh, she trained Cash Bundle uh, with the services of Dan Ballard. That was the second leg of his winning treble. A neck on the line to spare over my Ola Millie. Another one for Tanya Parry and Ter- Terry Hill and Mabapi uh, in third for Troy Clive and Rick McMahon. But Cash Bundle, another one that was very, very well placed back in a 45. Even though with the 62 kilos, D Ballard. Yeah, and I think dropping back the 1,200 here as well. It had a few runs at the 1,400. Um, maybe just wasn't seeing it out quite um, the full way. And, uh, yeah, fit horse now getting back to that 1,200 metres. Maxi, that's wrapping up Richmond. Um, anything there to follow? Yeah, it'd be interesting uh, to see the form, uh, whether this, you know, is fri- rife through Cloncurry on Friday. Obviously, the big tab meeting up there, and I'm sure we'll be touching on the noms there shortly in, uh, shortly in the show. Down to Cunnamulla for the Cunnamulla and Diggers District Race Club meeting. It's the first of two meetings back-to-back. They've also got their cup meeting coming up this Saturday. But race two uh, was uh, Samira Diesel and Welding Proprietary Limited Benchmark 60 Handicap. And a big congratulations to William Pugsley, who answered the call for uh, no caller there at Cunnamulla. And I reckon he may have been a little bit excited with this one. Here's the call. Hour half in front now. Tilly kicks up again on... Uh on low level, flying a couple lengths back there, racing around the outside. Haramain, a couple lengths back to Forged in Stone. On its outside would have been would have been Minty Boy, two lengths back to Forged in Stone. Next to last, and last of all, would have been Classic Win. Heads a turn for home, and Tour Master out in the middle of the track. He's gone to the lead now. Tour Master on the outside, running on it. Down the outside is King Coney and them. Tour Master under the stick with 100 metres left to go. King Coney coming pretty quickly. Old Town Road, Tour Master still in front. Tour Master in front on the outside is what but Tullamaster, Tullamaster kicking, Tullamaster beat, classic win, what a run, on the outside King Cody. Oh good on your pugs, nothing better than calling your own horse, I can vouch for that, and this horse 
going. Great guns, Maxi. Two a master. That's three in a row for William Pugsley and Anna Bacos. A nose to spare over Classic Win, who flashed for Jono. That's Mark Johnson and Gary Gearan. And half length away, third King Coney, Raymond Fraser for, with Gemma Seal in the saddle. But two a master. Uh, I've had the pleasure of calling it once, actually down there at Cunnamulla, and it has got exceptional, exceptional early toe. Yeah, that's uh, three wins uh, to go with two minor placings for seven starts for Pugsley, uh, formerly in the Stewie Kendrick stable down in southeast Queensland. But, uh, you know, those on-pace gallopers, you, you're going to get out and make your own luck. And uh, with that two, uh, one and a half kilo claim now for Anna Bacos, it uh, was all the difference hit there on Saturday. It was doubles on the day to Anna Bacos and also Gemma Steele. She won race one on ripover for Greg Pegg. Uh, half a length over... Spidey for Mark Johnson and Benny Moffat and Ringsting for Corey and Kyra Lee Gearan in third, as well ridden by Gary Gearan, three lengths back. But rip over for Greg Pegg, Gemma Steele. Great to see her back in the winner's circle, Brooke. Yeah, it was good to see Gemma back, and uh, she's kicking goals. We all know that she's had a little bit of trouble with her weight over the years, so um, I dare say she's more than pleased to be back and, and fit and strong and riding winners. And uh, congratulations to Greg Pegg and the connections with this horse. I know there's... Um, been very patient and really eager to win a race with this horse and uh yeah all their hard work's paid off and it's their day race three was the Cunnamulla bakery class b over 1200 gray rules for shane iverson got the cash short half head over Vinaigrette for Raymond Fraser and Benny Moffat. And third was Curick, Rebecca Kerwin and Gary Gearan. Only three and a half lengths covered the first seven horses. But that was the second leg of Anna Bacos as uh, double there, Maxi. And still that combination, Iverson and Bacos. Yeah, it is. This horse uh, first up after a bit of a spell. Um, broke its maiden at Bar Calden over 1,300 metres. So... Uh, might have come back a better horse's preparation. It'll be interesting to see if he can go on for it. I think this race might be a little bit of a form race. That's race four on the card. It was the open 1,200 metres. Nick Spellable uh, for Gary Bignall and Ross Tilly took the chocolates. A length and a quarter over Tassani Magic for Shane Iverson and Anna Bacos. And VJ Day had his colours lowered again. Uh, well, it's for the second time in two weeks for Pat Webster and Gary Gearan. But expellable. Uh, goes well, this horse for Gary Bignall, Brook. Yeah, yeah, just looking at the horse there, it's, it's certainly in form, and um, Gary Bignall seems to be in form himself also, not just his horses, he's training a few winners around, and um, good to see Ross Tilly on board and, and get a win for the old fellas. And it wrapped up at Cunnamulla with the Cunnamulla Coffee Shop benchmark 55-1400. Pilati for Benny Waldron and Gemma Steele got the cash. That was the second of Gemma's winning double. Two and a quarter lengths over all Ellie for Pat Richardson and Johnny Rudd and Starzana for Pat Richardson and Gary Gearan in third. And another tightish sort of finish, just a few lengths covering the top four, but Pilati for Benny Waldron, in the end, too strong. Yeah, it was, uh, obviously... Uh, Benny Waldron's got his stable absolutely firing at the moment. Seems to be picking up winners at every other meeting. This one, a new acquisition, uh, formerly getting around in the Capricornia region. Uh, and uh, another win for the Whipples. Uh, they've obviously big owners out in the bush. Time for this weekend's eye-catching moment, Maxi. Yeah, and uh, my eye-catching moment, we've actually already touched on it. It was actually William Pugsley calling his own horse. Now, um, you've, you mentioned it, there yep. is no better feeling and I know when Rob Luck uh, called home Lollipop Rocket he actually broke out into song and was singing away with it as well but I, I imagine it'd, it'd probably be pretty hard to not only focus and then think about all the other horses but then to actually control your emotions, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it is um, and often depends how much money you've got on it too <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, no, that shouldn't sway it. But no, of course, uh, Josh Fleming, if you're listening, we don't punt while we're calling. <laughs> but um, no, it, it can be. And um, I think probably the one that comes to mind, obviously, was Cinnamore at Longreach. That was that was a pretty big win because I owned a fairly decent sized share of the horse as well. But uh, another one was Christmas Creek when he won at um, Cunham, uh, sorry, at Charleville. I called him down there and Aidan Thompson rode him that day. And uh, Aidan actually had to face the stewards for excess use of the whip. Was that, was that the, the race? There was, there was a um, protest put in for the whip use? Whip use, yeah. yeah. And it yep. was a very nervous wait, but obviously that's post-race. But yeah, it's the highs and lows and the roller coaster of this racing. That's for sure, Maxie. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't be able to do it. I'd, all my concentration would just certainly just be fixated on my <laughs> yeah. What about you, Brookie? I think um, I'm going to have to go for my eye-catching moment would just be the Junder Cup race day in general. Uh, just the way it was organised in conjunction uh, with the Western Breast Bower Racing, um, it seemed like the committees came together and they put on a fantastic day. There was a great crowd. Uh, the race club went to the effort of uh, painting all the running rail, uh, or running rail, the mounting enclosure rails mm. um, in pink. They um, sourced some sponsorships for um, bibs and saddlecloths to be pink. I think, I believe Sky Racing sponsored those. Wow. And they had a fantastic variety of sponsors that put up great cash um, prizes for the fashions and for the jockey of the day. I just think um, seeing that sort of money um, invested into country racing and really supporting everyone that turns up from the spectators right through to trainers and jockeys um, was just fantastic. So I pretty much just wanted to give the Junder Race Club a shout out and a pat on the back because it was by far probably one of the best weekends um, I've had in a while and it, and it was put together really nicely. Was the beer cold? It was beautiful and cold. <laughs> the only downfall is they ran out of water on Sunday and I was needing it. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you're, you're bang on, Brooke. And um, the hard thing for Junder as well, Maxie, is they had to somehow pull together that other meeting um, as part of the river circuit without detracting from this meeting as well. I was going to say that was the big thing where everyone was going to detract away from uh, the, the their cup meeting. Um, and they, they did. They got a great crowd um, for their, their river circuit makeup meeting. And um, yeah, like Brooke said, for more reports, it was an amazing weekend. And I think the fact they used the long weekend to their advantage and, and utilised um, both days there was just, yeah, full credit to the committee and uh, making an event worthwhile. I don't want to be too cheesy, but I didn't watch too many races on the weekend, so I've got to give you my highlight for the weekend, Brooke. Oh, I feel special. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, we were sitting there in Mount Isa watching it, and uh, Lenore said, Brooke's ridden the first race, Brooke's ridden the second race, and then Graham said, your jockeys won the third, won the cup as well, so it was good to see. I didn't actually watch any of the replays until I got home, but uh, um, like all the jockeys around the West, uh, you put in a lot of time, tried and track work and travelling around, so to get the rewards of a treble, they don't come along all the time, but it's great to see. Yes, they are um, few and far between, so I'll lap it up while it's around because, you know what they say, you're at the penthouse one day in the shit house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like my punting has <laughs> got out of the shit house for a couple of months. Um, this week sees the country racing back on national exposure at Clon Curry and uh, what a swagger nominations they've got there Maxi uh, 93 nominations now just before coming on air I spoke to Cole Truscott at Racing Queensland uh, he didn't confirm or deny whether they'll split a race but he did urge everybody to accept because that 18 Maxi it's teetering on not quite two full fields but you don't want to have eight, eight emergencies either 
No, that's right. Um, and like you said, if you're sort of encouraging everyone to to accept those nominations, you're, you're leaning towards him wanting to split that race as long as everyone does their part and, um, and, you, and you do get those uh, two nine, two nine uh, horse fields. Now, I know it's a little bit early, Max, uh, without um, final fields, et cetera, et cetera, but uh, with the weights, do you have a pick for the cup and the stampede? Yeah, look, I... I was pretty keen on, on Loud Enough after, and I know I mentioned that after his second uh, over the 14.50, and I think 1,600 metres is going to be uh, even more up his alley. Um, we actually haven't seen him out here run 1,600 metres in a while. It's mainly been in Townsville behind the likes of um, Fortification, Live the Moment, Best Hoffer. Mm. Um, and he hasn't been getting beaten far. He hasn't been disgraced. So I'm going to stick with the old fella. I think he's um, he certainly wouldn't look out of place in a country cups anyway. And what about the sprint? Yeah, the sprint, it's hard to go past Wall Street Tycoon. Um, he looks extremely well placed over the 1,000 metres. Uh, you know, he's still getting in there at 56 kilos, which I think is a steal considering the way he's been racing. So uh, he's certainly going to give him something to catch, and we've seen how tough he is so far. <clears throat> One horse I'm really looking forward to seeing in race three, that's the benchmark 60s. This newcomer to Denise and Dan Ballard will probably be riding Teddy Mercury. Yeah, it looks like they've placed him so that Dan gets a ride. Um, it was a really good win, wasn't it, first up um, in a Class 3 with full lengths. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I know he's uh, going into that benchmark 60 grade here with a with a big weight, uh, but I'm sure the stable's going to have him um, fit and firing. Brooke, uh, I know you like keeping your cards pretty close to your chest, and that's uh, the, way <laughs> the way it should be too, just quietly. But uh, you've got a few rides up there on Friday? Yeah, look, I'll be heading... Um heading there to ride the Austin horses and yeah hopefully Kettleston can get in the cup I'd like to see him up over the mile and um see what we can do but at this stage it's looking like he's possibly balloted out but um a few nice runners there so I'll venture back to the curry and uh hopefully I don't get fined and suspended again like last time (laughs) (laughs) that's the northwest friday southwest uh racing at Cunnamulla for their cup day on Saturday as the nominations just come forward. 1,400, just a six to contest, Maxie, but I like to look at OY there in the cup. Yeah, he, he looks well placed. He's been um, ticking along nicely without winning, and he, he probably, uh, a win probably isn't far away, but another plan as well. I mean, he's been racing ultra consistent. I think he might be a better 1,600-metre horse than 1,400, um, but, you know, he's, he's got the form on the board at the moment. Brooke, where are you heading on Saturday? Yes, I'm heading to Carnamala for Pat Webster, and I've got one for Shane Iverson also. Great stuff. And also, too, a lot of our Central West Gallopers will be heading to Emerald for 100. They, they're maxi. I uh, know it's a little bit of out of our region, but the 100, certainly a great day. And the 10 runners there, and it's also a heat of the Country Cups Challenge qualifier as well. Certainly had some big nights there, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, many, 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 many. (laughs) That's about time to wrap things up for this Tuesday night in the Greater Western and Queensland Racing News podcast. Brooke Richardson, thank you. Thank you very much. Max Tanks and Andrew Watts signing out. Uh, We're off to wherever you're off to over the weekend. Travel safely and all the best, and we'll catch you again next Tuesday night. 